tithing, condemning, uh, understanding women. You know, life carries on with or without you. And this is the Truth in Words and Music podcast, episode 132. Hey there, Tony here, and uh, you may be wondering, what was he talking about there in the intro? Um, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a mixed bag this time. Uh, I There's been a lot of talk about uh, giving in this uh, season, and uh, I know you know what season it is. Let me just go right ahead and say, Merry Christmas. Uh, it's coming right up. As I record this, we got two days until Christmas. And I hope each one of you are just ready to have a wonderful day celebrating the creator of the universe and his birth here on earth a little over 2,000 years ago. I hope that's what you're doing because that's what it's all about. And any of the other uh, holidays uh, that you hear people saying happy holidays about, they're either made up or, you know, they're living on the coattails of Christmas. So, uh, But this this talk has been coming up, I've noticed, in... Uh, in Christian circles, and they're talking about giving at this time of the year. And uh, so something dawned on me, not dawned on me, but something came up in me that I hear people, uh, Christians, talking about, and they talk about uh, being able to give in addition to tithing. Now, tithing is one of those issues, but uh, I'd like to tell you that tithing 10%, that's one of the Mosaic Laws. And if you're not a Jew and you're a Christian, then that's not for you. The Mosaic laws are not for you. I hope you know that. If you're a Christian, you're under grace. And I want to ask you, could you live on 40% of what you make now? What about 30%? Okay, how about 20%? Well, let's don't stop there. Let's take it all the way down. Could you live on 0%? I'm guessing... Uh, that you probably dropped out at the first question at, you know, 40%, unless you're rich. And if you're rich, you could possibly hang in there all the way to the 10% question, right? I mean, after all, 10% of $40 million is still in the millions. And uh, if you can't live on that, your spending is uh, grossly out of control. Now, I shared all that to illustrate how tithing 10% as a Christian shouldn't even be on your radar. Why? Okay, well, it's like this. You're under grace, not the Mosaic Law. Grace. You know what grace means? It means that you're not under the law. You're under grace. How did we get under grace? Well, Jesus. He died a little over 2,000 years ago and rose from the dead, and he did all that to fulfill the law. Remember he said he didn't come to abolish it but to fulfill it? And it's as simple as that. A Christian is under grace, and tithing is under the law. If you're a Christian, you should not want to, as Paul said, turn again to the weak and beggarly elements of the law. Those elements are what you were under before you knew and were known by Christ. Anybody can tithe 10%. That's just a simple matter of mathematics. Even unbelievers do that. 
But if you're going to do your best to keep that law, you're required to keep all the Mosaic laws. Can you do that? Well, no one ever has. Can you? I can't. If you're a generous person, and I hope you are, give out of the fullness of your heart. Generous Christians are needed. You know, don't do it out of some numerical calculation. Tithing 10% is not required of a Christian. If you can afford to give away 90% of your income, and if you've determined a wise and discerning way to do that with prayerful consideration, then do it, by all means. But let's say the government determines that the wealthiest Americans should go back to paying a 90% tax rate. Did you know they used to? They did. What if the government determines that again? And uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that happened. Could you still afford to tithe 10%? Hmm... Well, let's see, if the government took 90 and you tithed 10, well, that's kind of where the 0% question comes back, isn't it? How would that work for you? You'd have to make some serious adjustments, wouldn't you? The awesome news is God thought these issues through. He knows much better than any preacher or televangelist how giving should work. I recommend that you take some time and read through Deuteronomy 14 verses 22 through 15 uh, verse 11. So that's Deuteronomy 14:22 through Deuteronomy 15:11. I say it correctly the second time there. Uh, you'll find tithing principles you're not likely to ever hear inside the walls of the average church, especially those that uh, preach on tithing a lot. And then I'd uh, suggest that you read Galatians all the way through. That was written by Paul. You'll discover a feeling of liberty. And uh, Paul wrote how we should use our liberty to serve one another. We've been given the freedom to do so, but not by the government, by God. And I believe when you study these passages, you'll want to leave that bondage of tithing 10% and go for the liberty of serving and loving your neighbor. Will you read it? Please do it. I mean, you'll be so glad you did. You might even thank me. And because life carries on with or without you, because life carries on with or without you, get that point, are you important? Of course you are. Your significance is measured by the highest standard in existence, God's love. He created you in His image, and He created you on purpose to give you life. And that gives you meaning, a meaning you won't fully understand or comprehend this side of heaven. You are going to heaven, aren't you? Well, in case you didn't know, life carries on way past what you and I can see here and now. Even though your body doesn't last forever, you do. And that's another part of why your life has meaning. God designed you to be eternal. Did you know that? Even if you don't believe in Him, He designed you, yes, you, unbeliever, to be eternal. He doesn't create humans to be here today, gone tomorrow. If you're going to be truthful with me, you can feel something eternal inside you, can't you? I mean, be truthful. You can feel it. I know you can. But it's easy to feel small and insignificant in this big old world, and especially with all the technology around you. You're bombarded with news and entertainment and social media and advertisements and word of mouth would have you think you need bling and swag to amount to something. You don't. 
Your worth was determined by the Creator of the universe when He formed you in your mother's womb. He gave you self-awareness and the capacity to learn and discover more about Him. Do you have a thirst and hunger to know where you came from, or are you simply satisfied to, I don't know, explain away your existence on random chance? Well, I'd like to suggest that random chance can give you that feeling of insignificance, if that's what you're feeling. Creation doesn't give you that. If you and I are only here as a result of trillions of beneficial mutations, then there really is no purpose to life. It just is. And then it isn't. However, to know the one true living, loving God created you with purpose, meaning, and eternity written on your heart is to know you're vitally important. And that solid, unwavering knowledge can lift you up in times of trouble, trials, and tribulation. Knowing that your Creator will never leave you nor forsake you can give you the strength to carry on when others give up hope. It really can. I know from personal experience. And as you carry on, you can show others how their lives have meaning too. You can show them how life carries on for those who love and seek God anyway, way past the days they spend here on earth. I hope this helps you. Does it help you to feel better um, you know, about who you are? If so, let me know. And I'd like to share a, a poem with you from about 40 years ago that a 20-year-old guy I know very well wrote about a feeling of life without meaning. This is called Ashes in a Breeze. Where was I when I thought this up? I was staring into a coffee cup. I thought I'd write the things I felt so the cold inside my heart would melt. I'm a peaceful man. I love the world, and once or twice I've kissed a girl. I lead a life that carries on, but something's missing. Something's wrong. I've looked into ashtrays before and never really thought anything. But now I see the ashes inside and they represent everything. My life is passing by like ashes in a breeze. It's like there is no meaning. Perhaps I'm hard to please. Ashes in a breeze. Hmm. Sounds like a phrase I've heard before, but emptiness stays with me and it fits me more and more. And more and more I'm looking into empty coffee cups and seeing a reflection and trying to wake up. If I should ever make another meaning for myself, I'll erase the cruel reflection and put the cup back on the shelf. Well, that was a, a collection of thoughts that I had way back when. And uh, I don't exactly remember the day, but I have a, a strong feeling that I was feeling a little insignificant that day, and so I wrote those thoughts. But I don't feel condemned about it. I'm trying to segue into my next segment here. I want you to know that you're not condemned. Well, let's put it this way. Wouldn't you like to see not condemned stamped on your soul? I know I would. I'd like to share two verses from the Bible with you. And these are appropriate since we're, you know, just within a couple of days of Christmas. Um, Again, that's the holiday commemorating the birth of Jesus, for those of you who are curious. I know you've heard of him, even if you're not a Christian. And uh, you've probably heard this verse, even if you've never set foot in a church. It's John 3.16. Remember those signs held up at football and basketball games? You know, they'll hold it up behind the goalpost or the, 
the basketball goal, and you see that sign that says John 3.16? Well, that verse actually says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the next verse I'd like to share with you, it's only two verses later in the chapter. It's John 3.18, and it says, He who believes in him, and the him with a capital H is Jesus, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, did you catch the key there? The key to eternal life is held in and turned by your belief. Belief in the one who came to earth, took our punishment for sin, died, and rose again. And if you believe it's just a fairy tale, you do so at your own eternal peril. And you condemn yourself to an eternal existence in a universe of one. There won't be a party where you're going because there'll be nobody to party with. But if you can humble yourself and believe in the one true living loving God who doesn't ask you to pay for your own sins, you are not condemned. That's what you'd like to see stamped on your soul, isn't it? Well, this Christmas, ask God to give you the gift he already paid for. Ask him to enter your heart, change you forever, and just tell him you're sorry for the way you've hurt others and yourself. While you're still breathing, he's still waiting in hopeful anticipation. He wants you to come to him. Once you close your eyes for the last time here on earth, there'll be no more time for choosing. But you can freely choose right here and right now. And you can freely choose to believe in the keeper of everlasting life, or you can choose to believe in yourself. Either way, the, the, the main point I'm trying to drive home all the time is, it's your choice. If you just can't bring yourself to choose to believe in Jesus, I wish you'd write to me and tell me why. And if you hear this and choose to believe in him, write to me so I can help you celebrate. And we can know each other forever. Please, choose to be not condemned. And I want you to know, I'm pulling for you. And so are every one of the Christians who, um, who I know anyway. Let's, let's put it that way. And I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned broken hearts and mending broken hearts. Well, you know what? You can't mend a broken heart with broken tools. Now, I'm old enough, and maybe a lot of you are. Back in the early 70s, the Bee Gees had a hit song called How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? The lyrics and the melody uh, conveyed a deep sadness for a, lo- uh, for a loved lost. And the, the singer asked, How can you mend a broken heart? How can you stop the rain from falling down? How can you stop the sun from shining? What makes the world go round? Well, if you've lived more than a decade, you've certainly had your heart broken. Maybe more than once, maybe several times. And here's the thing. If you keep trying to mend it back together again with the same broken tools, you might find yourself in the same broken boat over and over again. It's all a matter of perspective and trust. When you have an eternal perspective and you put your trust in the only one, the only one who will love you through every moment of your life, you can do much more than mend your broken heart. You can get a heart transplant. Now, of course, I don't mean a literal heart transplant. I'm talking about the heart of you, your inner core, 
the part of you that goes on forever. You can ask Jesus for a new heart, and he'll give it to you. And even though you may still experience disappointments here in this world, you'll be rooted and grounded in love. And you'll know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. It passes it up. It's more. Build yourself up on God's Word, and you'll have a deeper, broader understanding of how people are in this mean old world. We humans have a strong tendency to be selfish. Our natural desire is to be king of the hill or queen bee or top dog or whatever other figure of speech you prefer. That's why we need to get an eternal perspective and put our trust in God, not self, not others. Yourself will never get enough things in this world. And other people, they'll let you down. But your Creator will never leave you, never forsake you. His love will carry you through eternity. So why just mend a broken heart when you can have a brand new one? And if you'd like some help getting to know who God is, write to me, Tony at TonyFunderburk.com. I'll do what I can to help you uh, understand, know, and trust God. And maybe we can get somewhere even further along. Here's something else I'd like you to understand. Which is better, to get understanding or get lots of money. Okay, I want to say right up front, this part of the podcast is not for women. This is for the men. So you females, just stop listening, okay? It's not about you. It'll be good for you, I promise, but it's not for you, okay? Now I'll give you a minute to leave the room. Okay. Are they gone, guys? Okay, good. Let's get started. Have you ever read this passage in Proverbs that says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all your getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Have you ever read that? That's in Proverbs. Well, even if you've never read it before, you've heard it now, and I'd like to twist it around a little bit, okay? In that passage, the author is using feminine pronouns to describe wisdom and understanding. You know, he says she. But let's separate getting wisdom and understanding from the rest of that um, passage just for now, and let's take, let's take the rest of it and say it's describing your wife or your girlfriend. Okay, it's important to do your best to understand her because it can make all the difference in how your day goes or even your life. Those of you who've had a wife for quite some time, I'm sure you can attest to this. But I want to ask you, do you exalt your wife or your girlfriend? That means to hold in high regard or to lift her up? Do you do that? I hope so because according to God, if you do, she'll promote you. It doesn't mean you're going to be a sergeant when you were a private. It means uh, she'll speak well of you to others. Also, do you embrace your wife or girlfriend? Now, we're not talking about, you know, just those passionate embraces of physical connection. I mean a loving hug just because she's nearby. You do that? I hope so, because according to God, if you do, she'll bring you honor. In other words, she'll be yours in a way that speaks highly of your character. God's Word also says she'll give you grace and glory. Not a bad exchange for a little embrace. Wouldn't you agree? An embrace 
for grace? Hey, that rhymes. Well, I know it's not an accident that the author of Proverbs 4, 7, and 8, Proverbs 4, verses 7 and 8, used a feminine pronoun for wisdom and understanding. After all, God designed women with a natural capacity for understanding, and the female form is much more beautiful in grace and glory than us guys. I'm sure I don't have to convince you of that. So God was sharing a lesson about wisdom and understanding in a way we could relate to physically. We can actually wrap our minds around the idea because it takes the form of a she. So get wisdom, and with all your might, get understanding, especially when it comes to your wife or girlfriend. Keep in mind that you will never feel what she feels. You can't. You're not a girl. You're not a woman. But trust God to help you understand her. Trust Him to help you. God made men and women. He knows what works best. And if He says wisdom is the principal thing, well, it must be pretty extremely important. With wisdom, you can get an ornament of grace or a a crown of glory on your head. But without wisdom, it might be a hammer. So which one do you expect today? I hope you're uh, changing things around and you're going to expect some good stuff. Well, uh, let's see. Yep, that does it for episode 132 of the Truth in Words and Music podcast. As always, I want you to know your support for my words and music. It means the world to me. And for other awesome ways you can help me uh, get these messages out to others, uh, tell them they can discover my ebooks on Amazon.com or Smashwords. That's uh, Smashwords.com too. And just look up Tony Funderburk on those places. You can also subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already or ask uh, someone else to do that. Tell them to. Force them to if necessary. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, you can circle me on Google+. Plus If you go in that direction, you can follow me on Twitter. And these links are uh, at the end of each one of my articles on TonyFunderburk.com. Um, oh, I left one out, too. You can watch my videos on YouTube. So, like I say, they're... Um, the links are all there at the bottom. You'll see uh, the bottom of each article. It says um, my name. Stay tuned, Tony, P.S. And then in the P.S. there are all these links. So it's easy to get to, easy to click on, easy to follow me in any of those places that you prefer. Or just keep listening to here to the, to the uh, Words and Music, the Truth in Words and Music podcast. And um, until next time, this is Tony saying may God bless you and keep you. And I believe that he 
Gave his love and he still freely 